that today is our, is our final series in our Do It series, which is about living uh, abundantly and, and uh, living exclusively, and today living generously. And I just want to say to you, we have so many new people here today. And if you know somebody, don't ever go on an apology tour for what we do here, okay? Because we want new people to know what we're about. Don't ever apologize for it. We are, Worcester Naz is a generous congregation, right? And we're not going to stop. We're going to continue to meet needs and reach out and touch and all the opportunities. I hope if you haven't, you've picked up the little Blessing Season booklet, which starts today. Blessing Season runs all the way through the new year. Please pick that up and just, just see all the things that we're doing in the community around here. This is about serving, 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 giving, giving, giving. No apologies here. We love to do that. So look for ways that you can serve. And I think you'll be surprised the number of things that, that we're able to do uh, in this season of the year and beyond for sure. So my heart cry is that at Worcester Naz, we want to be known in the community for our constant, extravagant, and perpetual generosity. Because Jesus said, it's always better, or it's best, it's blessed. It's better to what? Give than to receive. And we've been saying it this way, it's better to give than to get. So, last week, if you remember, I did the dollar challenge. Does anybody remember that online? Raise your hand online if you're out there. And... Uh, so I challenge everybody to say a, a dollar for others. So, so those of you who knew, here's what we do. Every single week of the year, we have Outlinks boxes, the black boxes here and there, and the kids have them too. And we challenge everybody to, to sometime during the week just say, ah, I'm not going to get that pop or whatever, that Starbucks. Of course, if you go Starbucks, you won't just give one dollar, you'll give about five. Can you get out of there for less than five dollars any, anymore without a gift card? But no apologies for every member of your family. And we can do so much together. One dollar doesn't buy anything nowadays. Like for me, it was like a, like a nickel when I was a kid, maybe. But oh my, when we stack them up, what difference we can make. So I guess you want to know, if you haven't seen, how many one dollar bills we gave last week together, right? Yes. $2,178. Our goal was 1500 and I just want to tell you, why, Pastor, why did we do that? Because I, I want to see the Outlinks boxes surge. Listen. This goes 100% for others. No deductions, no nothing else. This goes purely for others. And when our financial people say it goes exclusively, that's exactly what it does. And it's really far more community-based and local-based, so know that. But uh, here you go, Dixie. I, I brought these five up here. I split it between services. Dixie and I always bring extra because some of you forgot yours. But let's continue that, which we started. Thank you, honey, if you put that in for us. What? Yeah, yeah, thank you. So that's my allowance that she gives me every week, $10, and it goes into the Outlinks box. <laughs> so I'm going, to tell you, I'm going to tell you some great stories on generosity today, and I, I hope you are sorry. Are, are you doing good out there? Don't you love this week? Thanksgiving break, happy, just a wonderful, wonderful time. We love the blessing season around here. So I'm going to, I'm going to share several stories and three simple points with some scripture that illustrate each of these points, as I believe. But... Uh, I, uh, I heard one of our NAS groups, and this is interesting because we've been doing a three-week series on, on really generosity called Do It. And, and so before the first message two or three weeks ago, a leader came to me and said, our NAS group, we were gathering, and we were talking about spiritual disciplines in our group. And, and, and he said, guess what our word was this week? What do you think? Generosity, before this series ever started. So they passed, I hope I'm getting it right. 
they passed out slips of paper with the T list that I always used, time, talent, treasure, touch, uh, all of those things. And uh, they, they passed a list out and had everyone prioritize them, uh, give me a, an affirmation out there if I'm on the right track, and said that that just led to great dialogue and interaction. And then hopefully that leads to action as well, doesn't it? I read an anonymous, another true story uh, that took place in a small group. A couple heard a message, listen to this, this cracks me up. A couple heard a message about the power of God to multiply little. We talked about that, God blesses, God blesses and multiplies what is given especially. So this gal and this group, she said, believe it or not, I felt that we should give $5 this week. I looked in our checkbook, it was really thin, thin, thin. And she said, so I didn't feel like we could even do that. So she said, instead, I wrote out a check for $1. And she said, I was crying with embarrassment, literally, as I wrote the check. I mean, probably, I don't know, a check fee might be more than a dollar nowadays. I don't know. But she said, in a sense, it was humiliating, but I did it anyway because I felt like I should. I did it with this prayer. This is a true story. Dear Lord, please multiply this to be a blessing to someone else. Did you hear what she prayed? She didn't say a blessing to me. She said, Lord, multiply this to be a blessing with somebody else. I could share that, this story with a, with a scripture later, but remember back. That evening, they were in a, in a small group in their local church, and at the gathering, they shared the story with, with great emotions, and another couple, there was a pause, and then another couple that at regular attended the group said, well, we gotta tell you, we don't know exactly why, but we've been praying about this for a while, not hearing your story just today, but today, we felt like we received a confirmation that we were supposed to give this envelope to you. The couple opened the envelope, and there was a $1,000 check in that envelope. Now, you can believe it or not, but that's the case. They were blown away and blessed by the crazy generosity displayed, and there wasn't a dry eye in the room that night. And you know who cried the most? The givers. Tears of joy. Tears of joy. The leader jokingly said, jokingly said, well, since God multiplied your gift, I really guess you should have gotten $5 after all, huh? <laughs> you can do the math. I love it. Oh, and I love it too because somebody just shared, not trying to embarrass anybody, but it, our alpha group, that's gone so well. I think we've got two weeks ago left. I think there were 35 to 40 there. And what's really neat, it's not really a NAS group, but the tables are forming and getting connected around the circle. And, and at one particular table, there was a need expressed, not an ask in any way, but that couple spontaneously stepped up and met a need for somebody in that circle. Don't you love those kind of stories? And the glory is point and praise, right? It's not to us be the glory, it's to God be the glory, great things he's done. So God's faithful and he does multiply what you return and give, that's what he blesses. What you return and give, remember first things, but, but I'm adding to my tea list with some of the help from my friends. It's like your time and your talent and your treasure and your touch and your tears and your tongue as in blessing, encouragement, building people up. But I decided the first one should be that we give him the first of our trust. Don't you think? because that's what the rest have to do with. Um, so we wanna be givers. And in this story that I just read, both sides, the givers and the getters were extremely blessed. The givers received a massive blessing from their act of obedience because it greatly impacted their lives. And they knew, listen to this, they knew that God had laid it on their heart long before that story was shared in the group. Wow, that's what he does. Jesus followers and lovers are to live generously. 
Jesus' followers are not just professors, they're possessors of the love of Christ that compels us to be generous. But I wanna remind you today, really, that giving and generosity are two different things. You may have not thought of it that way, but they are. We've been talking about this, and I think all this third message as well, but I'll say it again, because we're to move beyond living with that constant scarcity mentality, not enough, gonna run out, gonna run out. We gotta get out of that cycle, because that cycle is this, and it's good, because hear me, hear me closely. No matter who you are today, this isn't a guilt trip. Here's what I know, God loves you, God gives, you consume, you lack, you fear, you consume, and God loves you. Did you hear me? So wherever you are today on this, this is not a message of condemnation. I wanna tell you that God loves you before and he loves you after. God loves you at all times. Do you know that? Don't ever forget that. But I gotta say to you, I don't believe that we serve a scarcity God. He has more than enough. Remember the, the, the floodgates of heaven we talked about last week? You do serve an abundant God, and so we wanna reflect him. And here's what that looks like. God loves you and God gives and you return and the first and give and God multiplies and he blesses and your faith grows and you give and God produces a harvest of generosity, the scripture says, in you. People point and praise almighty God. You worship God. God keeps pouring on his blessing. God loves you. You know what that is? That's perpetual motion. It just keeps going. Pastor, when are we gonna get done being generous? Never. Never. Get used to it. If you don't like it, find a church that isn't generous and be a part of that. Plug in there, okay? And by the way, generosity isn't gonna end when we get to heaven because we're gonna be so generous in our worship and our adoration like never before. So we're just preparing for heaven by saying, God, everything I have is from you. I'm going palms up in surrender in all things. I've discovered over the years, and I don't dip my fingers into the finances, I get reports and I know what's going on, but others care for that so strategically and so conscientiously. But I know this, that a lot of people give, but they're still not living generously. Sometimes I fear we look at how little we can do instead of saying, God, what do you wanna do in me and through me? That's a mindset difference. So we need to talk about how to be generous givers, and I wanna hit three points about that today in the minutes that that, that are remaining. our mission frame, we talk about it all the time, but our, our, our mission of, of, of our vision frame, it's on the walls out there. We talk about it all the time. It's, again, that perpetual motion of loving God, loving people, living transformed. That's the generosity cycle, I'll call that. I mean, it never ends. It never ends. It's that constant pouring. It's that tipping point. We, we receive, receive, we pour out, we pour out, we pour out. So three things I want you to think about when it comes to generosity, okay? Three simple things. And there may be more, but these are three that I want to share with you today. First of all, we want to be spontaneous. That was kind of what we did last week, spontaneous. You didn't come here. A lot of you planning on returning a dollar, but you did. And look what we did together. That's an example of spontaneity. Um, You need to practice spontaneous giving. And here's, here's what that looks like. You see a need and you say to yourself, I have more than I need, I have more than enough. I can meet that need, I have the resources and the ability to share, and I will. Thus, you do it, you share. I don't care, well, it's too small, it's insignificant. No, it isn't. We'll look at the scripture that says, there's no, get that smallness idea out of here. It's whatever God prompts you to do. 
This is the way most people give, quite frankly, especially nowadays. The facts are off the chart. I read and listen extensively, and your hair looks like this. Your heart is touched with the need, and you respond spontaneously. For example, maybe it's a natural disaster or a national disaster, or an acute human need that you hear about, or military veterans. You see a military veteran, you want to pay for their meal, whatever. Your heart goes out in that direction. There could be more, but this is an important way to give. But I'll tell you, we can become more spontaneous when we have margin in our lives. So in essence, I'm suggesting that you plan that you have margin so you can plan to be generous. Does that make sense? That you can plan to be spontaneous. This is the way a man in the Bible story called the Good Samaritan gave, really. He had margin, undoubtedly, as you read the whole story, but while traveling, he came upon a Jewish man, a Samaritan. They did not get along, as you know the story. He had been beaten and robbed and literally left for dead, and others, including religious people, were on their way to get to church or the temple, and they ignored the need and just passed on by, maybe crossed the road to get away from that need, but he couldn't. He stopped and helped, and he must have prayed, Father, bring glory to your name. I'm thinking that's what he thought. He wasn't planning on it, but he saw a need and met it. And we're still talking about it all these years later, right? The Good Samaritan. I wanna tell you, if somebody calls you that, it's a compliment. Don't you love Samaritan's Purse, for example, Franklin Graham and his outfit that they go all around the world, not just Christmas baskets, but when you hear that there's a crisis in the world, who's the first one there? The plane touches down, it's Samaritan's Purse. Makes me so proud. Billy would be proud, wouldn't he? The Lord probably lets him know in heaven, that's my son in whom I'm well pleased. But here's what happened. He had a little margin, too. He spontaneous. But listen, Luke 10, 30. You doing okay out there? I'm excited. I love to teach this because I think this could transform your life. The next day, he handed the innkeeper. He took him to the end. He gave him silver coins telling him, take care of this man. If the bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. And you know what I love about that verse? Because probably he probably didn't get an official bill. He just gave a handshake and said, my word's good. I'm going to come back by. You can count on because I'm giving my word. And I'm going to come back by and I'll pick up any extra expenses that may be incurred. Don't you love that? I still believe in handshakes and word. Does anybody else around in this world? Your handshake is as good as your word. Look at him in the eye. Well, uh, this is kind of story, story time with Pastor Nathan today as well. A faithful attender and giver, the true story, who always returned the first 10% to God, had done it for years. He was challenged in maybe a generosity series, something like this. And in response, the first week, the next week, he decided to start returning not just the first 10, but the first 15% of his income. And he was blessed by God in ways he could never describe. And he just wanted to be a blessing to others. It wasn't about, here I am, look what I'm doing, but he wanted to do it. Well, the next week, after he made that decision, in the next week at church, there was an interim worship leader. And she happened to have a large family, and her husband was quite ill. She was really could have been probably full-time at, at a number of churches, but she devoted so much time and energy to taking care of her husband that she just did interim worship uh, segments to, to help out churches for a short time, and it was just a way of helping meet family expenses. But this guy that I'm telling you about, he saw her there, and he was really touched in worship, but he did not know about the need. Did you hear that? He did not know about their story. So that same guy, the 15% now returner, he felt in that service that God touched his heart and said, I need to do something tangible for that worship leader. So after the service, he approached the pastor and told him that he felt like he should do something significant for her. And he just said, I can't shake the impression. Well, the pastor knew the, the family story and he told him about it. And when he heard the story about the need, he was overcome, blown away that God would put this need on his heart before he knew their story. Does anybody believe we serve a God like that? You may not know the rest of the story, and he gave generously, we don't know how much, but 
I wanna tell you what a difference that made and impact that made. The family received this gift, generous gift, through the pastor, not the person, and they cried and cried because they knew that God knew their need, that they were not alone. Does anybody believe that God knows your need? Oh, brother, sister, we're gonna pray that God will meet your need. What if God taps you on the back and say, hey, you're my messenger, you're, you're, my, you're my contribution source, you're my distribution source, would that be okay? He might interrupt your prayer to tell you that you're the one. Wow, what a blessing, what a blessing. He spoke to a person who was obedient, God's spirit did, and spontaneously gave, but they had margin, and they felt the love and provision of God through his church. So you know what they did, the people that received, they pointed and praised Almighty God. Isn't that what we wanna do? Please, we're not trying to put naming rights on any building or anything like that. We just want people to know that what's the church, there's not a church around that's more generous, and we want them to point and praise God. We don't want them to point to us, my, what a wonderful church we have. To God be the glory, great things he has done and is doing, yes, and continues to do. Okay, so how, you just give yourself a check if you're really good about being open, saying, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do today, and do you want me to meet a need? And it's not just financial, it could be whatever, helping in some way. Check, check that box, how you doing with that one? The second one is this, the second one is this. It kind of has to do with margin, but I, but I think when it comes to our returning and our giving, we really do need to make a decision to be strategic. That's called, that's another word for planning. So spontaneous giving is good, but don't stop there. Otherwise, you'll be limited on the impact you can make. Can I have my water, please, there, Joel? I should bring it up ahead of time. Thank you, thank you. By the way, it was a tender time here yesterday in the worship center, and you know Paul Cooley, 95 years old, he and Glow, and, and he went to heaven this week, and uh, we get to do the, inter, uh, the interment at, uh, at Western Reserve tomorrow, but what a tender, tender time. And he gave me a, a sweater at 4th of July, and I forgot it was his. I forgot to tell everybody, but I almost wore it today, but it has a big flag on the chest, and I got that from Paul Cooley. So every Veterans Day, at least, I'm gonna be wearing that sweater, okay? I hope you heard that, Paul. I hope you heard that. But what a tender time that was. Lifers, you know, generous people, Paul and Glow. I could tell you so many interactions that we've had over the years that have been really, really incredible. So don't stop with spontaneous, but it's okay to start there, start there. Start praying about planning it for and practicing strategic giving. For some of you, that means, and I'm gonna challenge you at the end of the service, for those that regular attend here, and, and never trying to, to pressure anybody else, but if you're all, like some of you may plan, hey, I'm gonna do something with margin at the end of the year, at the beginning of the year, something significant. You can, you've got the resources. But if you're saying today, I wish I could give more, I just, I'm here to tell you that you can if you begin to plan for it. We have all kinds of plans, but I wonder if generosity is a part of that plan. It becomes part of your heart, your, your values, your strategy, your, your strategy. And as I taught last week, if you're a tither, that means you return the first percent, you strategically return the first 10% of all the increase that God gives you. You do it through his church in obedience to his word. You don't return the last, you don't give leftovers, you do return the first. This is a decision it's a, that you make, it's a discipline to put God first in all areas of your life. The Bible says heart and treasure are always aligned. It's that palms up surrender, you want to do this, you do it as an act of worship. Any of the T's that you do in this list, time, talent, treasure, touch, tongue, trust, all those are acts of worship, do you understand that? You bow before him and say, to God be all the glory. So Isaiah 32, eight, and I'll read it again in a moment, but I love the first part, it says in 32, 28, 32.8, I'm sorry, but generous people plan to do what is generous. Duh, 
Does that make sense? You're not gonna probably be generous unless you plan on it. Because God's spoken to you and he does. He'll answer this prayer. Many of you and most seem to plan on more consuming than, than returning and, and spending and you go after whatever you want and whenever you want and you want it and you capture it and you claim it and then what? It's a big blah after that. But I'm gonna tell you, giving keeps on giving. The joy, the blessing. Jesus followers don't have a consumer mentality. They trade it in for a contributor mentality. I wanna serve, serve, like I said to the new members today. How, I know what I did in the past. I can't do that anymore, but I'm not gonna retire and sit by. I'm gonna get up off my seat. And I'm gonna serve. I'm gonna use my experience and my, whatever God gives me, I'm gonna pour that out for the benefit of God and others. You believe the church of Jesus exists for the world. In other words, we're not here just to have a party and pat each other on the back. We're, we're really in existence for those who have not yet been found. Remember the old hymn we sang yesterday? I once was lost, but now I'm found. How'd you get found? By Jesus and his love and grace and forgiveness. You wanna impact the world and make a difference? Start practicing strategic giving. Another great story I read of a man who began returning the first 10% to God in obedience to him. And he did it through the church. I mean, years and years he did it. And somewhere along the line, he felt impressed by God's spirit that he was to raise his return by 1%. So 10% became 11, became 12, and became 13 and 14 until years later, he was returning the first 33%. It was an intentional, significant, and strategic. And I'm gonna tell you, he has testimonies galore about what God has done in his life because of his obedience. Another man told his pastor, I love this, and Dixie and I can relate to this, when another man told his pastor this year, I'm gonna set a PGR. Do you know what a PGR is? I'm going to set a personal giving record. I'm planning to do more this year than I've ever done before. Don't you love that mentality? Some of you have told me that I've given, but, but I believe this year God's gonna help us to do even more than we've done because he's a God of more than enough. Agreed? Well, pastor, these are uncertain times, I know, but the trust factor is huge, and I am to keep on returning, keep on giving, how about you? No shame, boldly. I, I shared the story last week, some of you don't remember, you can listen and review it online, but I showed you a story that, that about a couple that said, God's prompted us and we're gonna start returning. We've given from time to time. We had a little emotion or two, but we're gonna start doing that. And they came to their pastor, remember a month later, and said, we're gonna start tithing for real. I'm just reiterating the story. And he said, what do you mean? They said, well, we're gonna, we're gonna, we either believe this stuff or not, and we're gonna do it. But they said that wasn't the biggest takeaway. The biggest takeaway that they, they talked about and prayed about as a couple, and their marriage grew closer together and more intimate because they shared that decision together. Oh, those are good things. And so I jotted, thinking of that, I jotted that families that, that pray and plan together, strategic generosity, they, they stay together. Did you know that? Because their hearts are united in that strategy. Well, let me read the whole verse there, Isaiah 32, eight. But generous people plan to do what is generous, and they stand firm in their generosity. In other words, they don't stop. It's not just a one and done, it's a way we're gonna live. It's, it's the example that we wanna live for our children, our grands, and our great-grands. We want them to be generous. How do you know that people love generous people? Of course, and you want them to love your kids and grand? Teach them about sharing. Teach them about generosity. The third thing, and this is for everybody. This is not about how much or little you have. The third thing is, okay, I'm spontaneous, I'm specific, but have you ever decided to make a sacrifice, to be sacrificial? That's the third point in your, in your giving or returning. I'll tell you what it looks like. It's not, it's not taking food out of your baby's mouth or something like that, but maybe it's like you've had plans and you've been saving for something 
and it's a family thing, and you have a family decision. Instead of doing that this year, we're gonna do this, and we're gonna be generous instead. That's a sacrificial giving. Do you understand that? Okay, I, I want you to follow me. That's just an example. So yes, Jesus' followers are spontaneous and strategic in, in the returning and giving, but they're also sacrificial. There are many examples of this type of sacrifice in the Bible, but there's one that I love, and I'll go to Mark chapter 12 and talk about that. Here are the verses, let's read it together. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put in and watched the crowd putting money into the temple treasury. Hmm, I wonder if Jesus still does that from heaven. Many rich people threw in large amounts, and I can imagine the crowd go, ooh, ah, ooh, ah, wow, can you believe that amount? Jesus wasn't impressed. But a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him in this teaching moment, Jesus said, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all of the others. They gave out of their wealth, but she has given out of her poverty, put it, out of her poverty, has put in everything, all she had to live on. And think about it. Jesus watched this drama unfold as a teaching moment, and he did not stop her. He did not stop that act of generosity and that sacrifice. I mean, wouldn't you think, oh, honey, honey, don't do that. That's all you have. But he, instead, he blessed it. Wouldn't you like to know the rest of that story? I know there was more to it. It's just not recorded. But it wasn't the amount that mattered most, and it still isn't. It still isn't. He obviously didn't want this poor lady, to, he didn't want to rob her of her blessings for giving sacrificially. Instead, he celebrated and he taught from it and we're still talking about it again all these years later. He used it as an example to teach his disciples a life lesson. How many of you believe they never forgot that one? Her little was more than any other gift that day. Little as much when God is in it. Oh, here's a great story. I can relate. When I read this, it reminded me of a time when I went on a mission trip with a group of pastors and leaders to uh, Costa Rica. I had never seen such poverty in my life. I mean, they had some cities and all kinds of things going on, but we were out in the outlying areas. Oh, the, the housing complexes with cardboard and metal and no floors, I mean, a maze that was just boggled the mind. And I thought about this because another pastor took his family on a mission trip to a country like I've just mentioned, somewhere in South America. And in that little country, they went to a small village and where they faced object poverty. I mean, the whole family was there, all their kids. I forget how many, but they, they, they'd never seen anything like it. I mean, literally, it just took their breath away. All of their senses were, were just on edge. The homes had no electricity, of course, and no flooring, and it was as I described. And that one, too, like the one I saw, was next to a garbage dump, and they would go and pilfer through it, looking for things that they could, that they could save or take. In this village, the main thing, and the church had kind of taken this little village under their, under their wing uh, as a mission project, but in this village, they, they would typically make dresses, and they, they would sell like maybe one dress per week, and that would net them about 2 to $3 to live on for that week. Well, since the pastor's church had adopted this small village and they were there and invested resources there, this village wanted to bless the pastor and his family. So the interpreter was just a small little man and, and who, who said, your church has done so much to bless our village, Pastor. We want, to pick out, want you to pick out the most beautiful and extravagant dresses for your daughters. 
The pastor firmly put his foot down. He said, absolutely not. Under no circumstance will I allow this. We're not here to take things from you. We're here to give, to leave a blessing. And the little man pointed up into the pastor's chest and poked his chest and said, listen, sir, you will not rob us of the blessing of blessing your family. I want to say that again. He said, you will not rob us of the blessing of blessing your family. This is our blessing, and you will receive it. He probably stood on his tiptoes at that point. And after that, they took the daughters to the selection of the place for the dresses, and they tried to pick out the least expensive ones, but the, but the, but the interpreter said they weren't having it. They, weren't. they took them to the most expensive ones, and they insisted that they make their selection there. And the pastor and his family were all in tears over this demonstration of sacrificial giving. All their lives were impacted forever. He said, that changed our family dynamic forever because of what our kids saw and experienced of unbelievable generosity in the most unlikely place. So, I'll just ask you again, have you ever received the massive blessing of giving sacrificially? And that could be just switching pockets. It was gonna go for this, but there's a need here, so I'm gonna take it from here, and I'll put off what's for me or for us, and I'm gonna pass it on. You okay out there? Are you okay out there? When was the last time you gave up something to be a blessing for someone else? Well, we're fixing to enter the blessing season, for goodness sake, and that's what we're all about here. So Jesus' followers live generously. They give spontaneously, strategically, sacrificially, whatever words you want to add there. So today I'm going to ask you to do just that. We already gave an opportunity. I said take a bag, take several bags, whatever you can do. We're going to think others, others. We're going to line up those bags all around here and add great, people are going to have great meals and resources because of the generosity. But I'm challenging you to step up into a new place of radical generosity through God's church, through God's church and beyond. And I would just say this to you again. I, I've given this challenge maybe before, but it doesn't have to be Worcester and As. And so if you're here today as a guest, if you're a part of Life Giving Church, your pastor and church should just say amen to this message. Do you understand that? You can't get away from generosity. If you go to a Life Giving Church, you're going to hear the same things. And if you don't believe in our leadership here, then please don't return and don't give here for goodness sake. Find a local life-giving church that you can believe in and plug in there. Be a returner and be a giver of your time and talent and treasure and touch and tears and your tongue. And don't forget, trust. Trusting God in all things. I'm nearly done and we're gonna kick off the blessing season in a moment, but I, I wanna make a pledge and a promise to you, as I mentioned earlier, that I want you to know that Dixie and I will continue to point the way towards generous living. Um, I'll do my best and we'll do our best with all the passion in our heart to inspire you to live generously, not just a one-time thing, but all the time, because we truly have found and we're finding and we believe that it is more blessed to give than to receive. As a church, a gathering of Jesus, we'll do our part to make a difference and have an impact in this community and beyond, a global impact. We'll do all we can to help lost people get found, decide to live generously. This is what we do. So would you just do it? Would you do it? I love Ephesians 3, 20 and 21 that says, Now, to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we think or ask. Does that sound like a scarcity God to you? That sounds like an abundant. Could I read that again? Some of you are just sitting there like, what? No. Now to him, who, to, to him, this is about to him, who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power, his power that works in us. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Yeah. 
That sounds like, Father, bring glory to your name. And by the way, if you're struggling today, I want to give you another piece of good news that I've been ending with every series for some time. Philippians 2.13, God is working in you, giving you the desire and power to do what pleases him. I'm interested in pleasing him. How about you? All right. Well, I think Dixie and I this year, as we'll get our taxes and all done next year, the beginning of next year, I think we'll, we'll see that we actually increased our personal giving record this year and we want to do the same next year. We want to do the same next year. I want to end this way. We're going we're gonna to have a wonderful song in the kickoff. But you have been given, I believe, cards here. Uh, it's a do-it campaign. It's our stewardship campaign. I tell you again, every November we do something along these lines. And I want you to respond. And I think it may be on the screen. Will it be, Joel? Uh, this card will be on the screen. But, but I just want to direct your, uh, this is based upon that scripture. Try it. He said, I'll. I'll prove myself to you. So, so here's, here's what I want you to do, if you will, if you will. I want you to look at that first box there. You see it. And say, during this Harvest Blessing season, November 19th through the end of the year, I'll do one of the following. following. And you can check however many boxes you want. But, okay, I'll return the first of our increase to God. So you write in the percentage you want to give. For some of you, maybe it's just a start. It could be more than 10, I don't know. The second was, I will begin to return the first 10% of all increase to God. If that's you, would you check that in? So I'm gonna put God to the test. But thirdly, and this is a lot of you, you can say, I will continue to do what I'm doing. So that third one, you can, you can put an X in that box. The scripture, again, the heart and treasures all place. So, so would you respond in that way? I'm gonna ask you to do that. And then we're going to, uh, we're going to place those in front at, at the end during our last song in a moment. But I'm also gonna ask you something else, and you can see uh, the next slide, please, if you would. Today, I'm asking you, as I mentioned, to consider joining Dixie and I in giving a generous end of the year, harvest blessing season love gift, above and beyond your weekly return, uh, so we can just flow into a new year with on that surge of generosity. Maybe this would be your first step towards a faithful first return. Or maybe it would be a, a generous one-time gift uh, uh, above your regular first return. Maybe it would be out of your business that you'd wanna do something extra or your portfolio or something like that. Dixie and I give regularly, and we'll give an extra $1,000 for, for this for sure. I don't wanna say the amount, but we can do that in this end of the year giving. We wanna do that generously. So I want you to just take a moment. I'm gonna pray, and you sit there, and if you're ready to fill out, these can come in. It's between now and the end of the year. But, but again, don't think about the amount. Just think about mainly, I, I wanna be a participant of this. So would you prayerfully consider that? Would you sit with the Lord for just a moment? Father, thank you so much for the good spirit of this day and this week, Thanksgiving and blessing season. And we're gonna be shifting gears about making room, let every heart make room uh, next Sunday through the, through the blessing season of Christmas and New Year's. We want that to be true. We wanna make room in our hearts for you today. So I pray that, you're, that, that, that the truth that delivered today through the power of your word, the last three Sundays, that we would respond. Say, Lord, I, I don't wanna put you last. I wanna put you first, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna engage. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start returning the very first. You're talking to me about doing more than I've ever done. You've talked to me about doing something generous at the end of the year. Whatever it may be, Lord, I'll listen to your spirit. I won't be pressured into it, won't be talked into it by the pastor, but as your spirit prompts me, I'll be faithful to do this. Thank you for the generosity of this church family. Thank you for all the blessings that we enjoy together. Thank you for the opportunities you give us to be generous, especially in the blessing season, but that just sets the tone for the rest of the year. We are blessed indeed. 
And I pray that your blessing would be on you in ways that we could never describe as we start surrendering that whole list of tea, beginning with our trust and ending with our tongue to encourage others. May we just say, Lord, it's all yours. It's all for you. It's all for you. It's all for you. And I pray it expectantly in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. All right. And Dixie, I'm going to ask, I, I put our card right there. We just get that off a podium for me and then lay that on the altar. And if you would, during this last song or, th- or after it's over, you may not want to move while we're doing it. But uh, we, we, you could just lay them on the stairs, the altar, whatever. You can leave it at the info desk. If you want to leave it on your seat upside down, that's fine. We'll collect it. But thank you. Are you doing okay out there? Are you doing okay out there? Would you join me in standing? If you can, if you can, if you can, if you can. This message was for you online, you online. It was for all those in the grandstand, wherever you may be. And let's not forget, let's make that a habit. Let's make it a habit. Being generous, being generous. All right.